Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Jane Addams Resource Corporation provides free manufacturing training in welding, computerized machining, and mechanical assembly. Each training program is integrated with support services, including financial literacy, employment coaching, and job placement assistance. Training is available in the Ravenswood, Austin, and Chatham neighborhoods of Chicago. All training sites are currently enrolling new applicants. Visit jane-adams.org to sign up for an application to learn more about how to start your new career today. That's jane-adams-a-d-d-a-m-s.org. Hey, Ben, let's hear your Ken Davis impression. Oh, not now, Metaverse. <laughs> Kenny D was outstanding yesterday. Young Ken Davis came on the show. We had to send him flowers and candy, and, you know, just to get him to come on. And he came on the show and he just knocked a home run out of the park. Here's a two-two. Look out! Back, back. That's gone. That's Ken Davis hitting a homer yesterday, D. Your Ben Jaronski show for Friday, January 21st, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. In fact, Ben, tell us a little bit about your latest column in Chicago Reader. Oh, my goodness. I am so into this column, and thank you for asking. So I wrote a column about the Chicago Bears, my not beloved Chicago Bears. All right, I got an ups and downs attitude about the Bears. I, uh, I absurdly root for them. I don't know why. I've been a Bears fan since 1966, and half the time I'm mad at that team. So I thought that after this wretched year, and it was a horrible year by any standards, that the Chicago Bears, through embarrassment, would retreat a little bit for, from their expectation that the public, some public, anywhere, anybody would build them a new football arena. Guess again, ladies and gentlemen, they fired the coach, Matt Nagy, they fired the general manager, Ryan Pace. They played everybody but themselves, and they still got that big bear paw out there. Who's going to give us the money? Who's going to give us the honey? Hello? Get it, the bears oh, and honey. That's good. That's Who's very good. slap that paw with some honey? Chicago, Arlington, they don't care. Chicagoans are like, I love the debate in the city of Chicago. Let's see who's ahead in this race. Is it Arlington Heights or is it Chicago? (laughs) Oh, God, Chicago. This is the only issue. Who's going to give them the money? That's all. It doesn't matter about the train and how, like, where their fans are. Oh, the Chicagoans are so funny, man. They're like, well, the fan base was moved more to the Northwest. So that could have a say. No, 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 no. Come on, Chicagoans. Stop being so naive. It's about who's going to give them the money, D. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. I wrote about it. I had a little fun with it because they're so cheap, by the way. 
Oh my God, Olin Krutz. I just it was really an excuse to write about what they did to Olin Krutz, Bears coach. No, excuse me, longtime Bears center. They they offered him the I don't know. Did you see this? Well, you didn't. No. If you read my column, you would have seen it. Oh, hurry up and read it. Uh, but so they asked Olin Krutz, who's one of the greatest centers in Bears history, uh, gave us like 13 years of his life to the Chicago Bears, something like that. And uh, great center, real tough guy. They, they said, hey, we would like you to come to a training camp to uh, coach some of our young linemen and give them the benefit of your experience. Oh, OK, I will. They offered him $15 an hour. You're kidding. That is cheap, man. $15 an hour. Why offer him anything if you're going out for $15? Just say, hey, can you do us a favor? That just like doubles down on the cheapness. So he uh, complained about it. He didn't didn't really complain about it. He just pointed it out. Only Kroots did. And then the Bears like took a shot at him. And they defended themselves by saying, well, what he didn't tell you is that's what we offer all our assistant coaches who just help us in training camp. Oh, what he did tell you is that you're even cheaper than people thought you were. I, you know what? Just for being so cheap to Olin Krutz, who gave us so much to the Chicago Bears and uh, Chicago Bears fans, just for being such jerks to him, such tightwads to him, the Bears should have dropped their request for public money. You know, we're such cheapskates. What you should do, guys, is dedicate the amount of money you saved by being so cheap to your coaches and put it toward the new stadium. That's just a suggestion. So that's what I wrote about, D. I vented the frustrations of a Bears fan who watches this wretched excuse of a football team, puts that big old Bears paw out there and says, please pour me some honey. Check it out. Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com. Forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V is in victory, S-K-Y. It is Friday, January 21st, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh What a Week. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this David Ferris's Smart Friday, and here's why. I just had to get this off my chest. I just did an interview with David Ferris. Uh, It's going to drop this weekend. He's so freaking smart. You know what I'm saying? He's just so smart. He just explains things that are really complicated in a way that you can understand it. That throws in a little sense of humor, a little joke every now and then. It just We covered so much uh, in today's conversation, including Russia's... uh, fight with Ukraine. So I urge everybody to check it out. So it's on my mind. I literally just finished that conversation. And he said something about the Supreme Court that I may even turn into a column. Supreme Court always has been uh, a regressive institution that protects protects capitalism and white supremacy. Whoops. Excuse me. Just knocked my microphone. Anyway, he said that in the uh, course of a conversation. So that was just on my mind. I had to say it. David Ferris is smart. We all know that. Uh, without further ado, I'll shift things over to another guy who's very smart. Yes, very smart. One of the smartest students ever to come out of Alton, Illinois. The doctor with, oh, what a week. 
How's it going, everybody? Yeah, check out that interview with David Ferris and our uh, Benny J bonus interviews, which we'll talk more about after the program. How's it going? Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We begin in Illinois, and we begin with the Illinois governor, but for how much longer? J.B. Pritzker. The enemy is you. All right, easy, buddy. <laughs> Little joke I did there. Don't take it apart. <laughs> Well, January went by extremely fast, and what do you know? It's about time for J.B. Pritzker's 2022 budget address. Illinois is a state with a grand history of profound impact on our nation and our world. We've sent four transformative presidents to the White House. We were the first state to ratify two of the most important amendments to the U.S. Constitution. No one loves this state more than that man. (laughs) When is the budget address? I should know this. I should not admit. Take a guess. Tuesday. Tuesday being what date on the calendar? Oh, for crying out loud. Now I got to do dates? Uh, the 25th. Tuesday the 25th. Is that your final answer? Yes. Apparently, a big agenda item in the House Democratic Caucus meeting was how to handle the governor's state of the budget address planned for February 2nd. You were wrong. <laughs> it's probably codified. And, and uh, right now, Rich Miller's going, oh, my God, doesn't he know that Section 425LBZ of the state code specifies that every first Tuesday of the month, there's a budget address, except maybe it's the first Thursday. I wasn't paying attention to the actual day. Oh, that'd be a Wednesday. So it must be the first Wednesday of every month, D, is when they do the budget. Well, you trip. just love losing listeners today, don't you? My goodness. Everybody's gone now. They're like, what's no, going on? You know, like, the first Wednesday of every last Wednesday is the second Wednesday. <laughs> There's all these like specific rules, you know, like the fine print. And if you like, if you like, there's some guys have mastered it. And I, I, I like to think that I've like good, but I'm, I haven't mastered it. So like you get Jacob Kaplan on JK, pride and joy of Whitney Young. He's another dolphin. Jacob Kaplan, uh, the executive director of Democratic Party, has memorized the rule book. He's literally it's like, well, this is not if you want to know anything like how many signatures you need, what the dates are, go to JK. So Rich Miller's another guy like that. Do you think Shia Kapos has memorized the rule book as much as like Rich Miller or Jacob? I think she's She's getting ahead. She's getting there. I mean, uh, yeah. Rich Miller knows it front and back, side to side. Rich, Rich Miller knows the Inside, outside, <laughs> upside down. The man knows the rule book. <laughs> and I'm just like barely hanging on. I'll check out the rule book right before I go in the air and then I'll I'll say it. I'm like everybody will go, wow, that's impressive. Not knowing. <laughs> then I just learned the rule about a minute before we went in the air. Apparently Pritzker would like to present it live in the House chamber before lawmakers and reporters, but the pandemic is putting a damper on the plan. There are obvious concerns about meeting in person. Ben Jarofsky. <laughs> Should J.B. Pritzker have a virtual budget address? No. Oh, no. If No. If Mayor Lori Lightfoot's going to force the teachers and the kids in Chicago to go back to school, those state reps, get in that capital. Wear a mask, except for you, Darren Bailey. I'm not wearing one. I don't know. We're all over the map with uh, COVID-D, my favorite, the mixed messages. So let me get this straight. It's too scary for the legislators to meet in open session to hear Governor Pritzker talk about the budget. But it's not too scary to have kids, teachers go back to school. Am I getting this correct? 
Okay. We could put 20,000 people in the United center to watch the bulls play. And I, I would say yeah. now we're down to like maybe half of them are wearing a mask. It's just funny how people pick and choose when they yeah. want to live in the pandemic or not. You know what I mean? Well, this is very dangerous. I don't, and it's a lot of this is p- political, you know, it's just like theater and everybody's trying to look smart and have the right stance at the very moment. But I'm like, I don't know. I mean, the general attitude about our society, about uh, this current variant, is that it won't kill you, so we're just moving along, even if it will kill some people. By the way, see what Howard Stern said the other day? Oh, Robin. <laughs> Did he say, oh, Robin? Oh, my God. He, ladies and gentlemen, this guy does a great Howard Stern. <laughs> Silly. And he kind of hides it. Huge Howard Stern fan in the 90s, this young man right here. And so back in the old days when we used to drive back from the studio, I come on, D, do, do your Howard Stern. Robin. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't do the full one. Don't do the full one, okay? Yeah. Uh, I'll get your response to this. Um, oh, I uh, just got a text from a guest canceling. Oh, I hate when that happens. Ah, damn it. Uh, all right, hold on. Stall for time. Where did he say? Oh, it's, it was D.L. Hewley. Hold on. I got to get D.L. Hewley. That was your guest? He, no, I wish. Oh, I, I thought D.L. Hewley just canceled. All right. No, he didn't. Oh, here we go. Uh, D.L. Hewley. Uh, this is where I saw this. All right. So this is the first time Dennis is hearing this. We're going to get a reaction and response from the young man they call a doctor. Mm, that's me. And this is D.L. Hewley posted this. And I'm quoting from D.L. Hewley. Howard Stern thinks hospitals shouldn't admit COVID-19 anti-vax patients, quote, Go home and die. Howard Stern's response, go home and die, young Dennis. Take it away. What? <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You re- a reaction, a response, a uh, oh, thought? Oh, that's a slippery slope there, Mr. Stern. You know what I mean? It is a slippery slope. You know what I mean? Letting someone who may be vaccinated, but they like do like real bad things that nobody knows about, they're getting treated. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like well, that was some of the response. Pedophile or something, right? Uh, I mean, there's an obligation. Obviously, there's an obligation for uh, doctors and nurses to treat absolutely everybody that comes into the. You know, somebody uh, like shoots somebody and gets wounded in the process. You have to treat him. I mean, that's this. That's our system, and it's like seems so unfair. Like, why are we spending time treating somebody who just shot somebody? But that's so. It's a little bit. But, but but he's not alone. D. There's a lot of people who say things like that. Yeah. It's just it's funny where Howard Stern has gone politically, right? You know, I mean, he's now definitely a Hillary Clinton liberal. And I never would have imagined this uh, from the gentleman of the 80s and 90s, who was more like libertarian, rolling his eyes with disgust at the Clintons and the Democratic Party. So I heard I used to listen to the uh, Joe Rogan show a lot. I haven't listened to Joe in a while. D. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. I know. I just I just. It's nothing like personal. I mean, he hasn't changed. It's just haven't listened to him. Well, it's the Spotify thing. He's gone to Spotify. Uh, It's no longer you can't just go to YouTube and hit play. You know what I mean? So it's just a little harder to access. He's not putting the stuff out there. So, yeah, yeah. So I haven't listened. So, Joe, don't, Joe, don't take it the wrong way. And you're free to invite me on your show anytime. Uh, (laughs) Can you imagine me in the Joe Rogan show? Anyway. so I haven't heard him in a while, but early on I would listen to him. And as I've said many times early on is the attitude uh, on the Joe Rogan show about the pandemic was like, it's not going to kill me. It's going to kill a bunch of old people who are going to probably die anyway. So really what's the big deal? That was, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm boiling it down to the essence. And um, so my attitude was, if that is your view, 
then you should sign a waiver saying uh, anybody who gets the no, no. Then there would be the guys who take it the next step and go. And if I get it and die, it's it's God's will. So then I said, well, okay, if that's your position, then you should sign a waiver saying I do not want to be treated. I'm just going to go in the alley and crawl in the fetal position and slowly die. So I guess I I guess I've articulated something close in the same vicinity as Howard Stern. But I don't think I've ever said is better chance you getting on Howard Stern than Joe Rogan, I think. No, I think. No, first of all, there's no chance of me getting on either show. But (laughs) oh, well, uh, then there's that. Yeah, you know, uh, I think just in the total universe of possibilities, I would say much, uh, much greater chance. Uh, Joe Rogan, I think, is more open minded about people who aren't celebrities coming on his show and then like turning them into mini Joe Rogan celebrities. Howard Stern lives in the world of. Well, you have to be a celebrity, or I'm just going to make fun of you. you oh, no, Nobody's going to make fun of just ordinary people. Uh, oh, Ben, I heard you uh, have a porta potty. I've been listening to your show. Tell me about the porta potty, Ben. What's a, what's with the porta potty? Hold on. Yep. Still gone. Porta potty's porta potty. Can't even say it. Porta potty's <laughs> moved. Porta potty's been moved. Hey, all right. Now I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but we are officially. In the 2022 primary election season here in Illinois, and things are heating up in the Illinois gubernatorial primary, it's time for a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. (laughs) Today, we welcome two new candidates into the gubernatorial election. One is a Republican. Eh, maybe. I don't know. And the other, well, judging by his name, he may be some form of a human farm animal hybrid. More on that. Ab- <laughs> huh? Yeah. Who's that? Oh, I took a sip of water when you said that and managed not to. Who is that? Oh, I know who it is. Oh, teacher. I know. Now, for weeks, we've been wondering exactly which Illinois Republican gubernatorial hopeful was going to get the backing of Illinois' richest man, literal billionaire Ken Griffin. And it looks like we have our man and woe man. Aurora Mayor Richard Irvin made it official on Monday, launching his bid for governor on a Republican ticket that will likely be supported by billionaire Ken Griffin. Now, should Irvin win the GOP primary, these poor four guys that were running, they're already <laughs> they're in the dust, man. Should Irvin win the GOP primary, he would be the first African-American candidate to top an Illinois ballot. Ken Griffin issued a statement saying Irvin's story embodies the American dream and a yeah. real commitment to making communities stronger. He said he's excited by Irvin's campaign, though he hasn't yet delivered a campaign donation. Griffin also pointed out that the governor was born into wealth and accused him of showing little urgency in steering the state. King Griffin accusing, it's like ridiculing Pritzker for having been born in the, the state's wealthiest man is making wealth an issue. Uh, like your kids were born into wealth, Kenny G. I really don't know about Kenny G's background, by the way, like how much money his family came from. Doubt very much it was a really poor family, D. You know what I'm saying? It's like, remember uh, Rotter used to play that game? He would try to. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you every time I just mention Rounder's name, Dennis does his Rounder imitation, which begins with a to really get into the imitation, he has to make these funny faces. <laughs> it is like, <laughs> oh my God, Illinois. We're going right back to the Rounder era. No, it's it's so bizarre that like these same games keep coming back. The same strategies keep coming back. And uh, so it's like we need somebody to come in from the outside to clean up the mess that the Democrats have made. This is like a constant refrain. So we're going to get some fabulously wealthy person to fund them. And part of the mess, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to put that out there is our system is set up in such a way that the fabulous wealthy can play the game and get more fabulously wealthy all the time. Just throwing that out there. That's what the fair tax fight was all about. And you, the dupes of Illinois fell for it. You dupes. Sucker saps. But please. So here listening. we go. By the way, and, and so, so yeah, so uh, Kenny G is uh, ridiculing Pritzker um, for uh, having been born in the wealth. And I remember Rauner trying the same thing. And Rauner was trying to pretend as though he w- were born like in the poverty. He was, uh, I, I don't know, somebody in Rauner's family had a farm and he'd be on the farm. I used to work the farm. <laughs> E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> Oh God! Everybody is like, if you have a farm, I, I'm at disadvantage. D, uh, there hasn't been a farm in my family oh, since. Yeah. Uh, a lot of farm talk man. coming up today on the Ben Jarowski show. <laughs> I couldn't run for office because I, I couldn't even legitimately say I used to work on a farm. If you think about it, like in ten years, like will it just be like all business guys running for politics? Is that what? Well, is that the future of this? It, it, it sort of has been. We drove out the one guy, Madigan. They made him the enemy. Now, this was a guy who was really did come up from more or less middle class uh, neighborhood. I think his dad worked for the city. You know, night school, went to law. He got his law degree, worked his way up the Democratic Party. What? Oh, he's a Democratic boss. <laughs> He's a hack. We got to get rid of him. That's so we got rid of him. All right, you know, and, and they successfully bamboozled the citizens of Illinois into hating Michael Madigan. They don't know anything about him except what they the commercials that were fed to them by Rauner and uh, Kenny G. So you're right. I'm I'm looking at it. you. Got Pritzker, a billionaire. Whoever the Republicans nominate will be controlled by Kenny G, a billionaire. Rauner was a billionaire. And we got to add the billionaire slash with little experience politically, right? Like that's going to be like the thing it's going to. Yeah. No, with no experience because that somehow or other is a virtue. Yeah. It's like, no. So anything a politician does in the political arena to get something passed, which means compromise, which drives people like me berserk sometimes like you're selling out our principles. The reality is. Deals are done. Deals are made. That's in life as in politics. And but anybody who has any experience doing that is what considered contemptible. And so many people. Oh, I like Trump or I like Rauner or I like Kenny G or I like Pritzker because what? They're wealthy and they've never run for political office before. And so they've never had to accommodate the needs of somebody other than themselves. That's considered a virtue. It's the only position where that really flies, too. It's not like, oh, man, I need to fix my car. Call the plumber. He'll be good. 
Yeah, that's a good one. My car's broken. I'm going to call somebody who has absolutely no clue as to what's with cars because that's how I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote for fill in the blank. I mean, I'm trying to think. At least DB, Darren Bailey, well, he's a state senator, but he acts as though like he wants to rip government to shreds. He, he never compromised on anything. Everybody's the enemy. Yeah, so he is. Yeah, he, he got elected. As soon as he got elected, he's pretending like he's never been elected to anything. So you're right, D. It's the model. Inexperience is what we want for people in government. Inexperience. I don't. I, I don't want anybody who has any experience whatsoever. Yeah. Right. And then, like ten years down the road, you're going to see commercials saying like. It's time to get these no experience guys out of here and bring in some people who know how to get the job. You know what I mean? It just goes full circle. Well, I don't know. I'm waiting for the full circle. But well, it's kind of happened with Biden. We were just talking about this with David Ferris. I'll come back to that conversation. It was uh, he 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 went on a couple Bi- uh, Biden refs that were pretty good. But uh, Biden presented himself as a man who knew government. He knew the Senate. So you're right. He presented himself uh, the contrast Trump. I could work with Republicans. I know how to get legislation passed. And of course, none of that has been true uh, in his first year of office. No Republican will go near him. He hasn't worked with any Republicans. He's fighting with two Republican members of the Democratic Party. They live in mansion in cinema. Yeah, well, I think so, the underlying theme in all of this is they're all lying. That's, the, uh, by the way, Dr. D theory about politics. You don't get a lot of that. I've been, I have heard a lot of this now. I've been working with uh, Dennis since, are you ready for this? You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> what? I've been working with you since the year 2017. I want you to pause and think about that for a moment. Just pause and think about that. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, Dennis has a pretty low opinion of most elected officials, uh, but you reserve the right to like certain elected officials just as human beings because you experience them encounters in the studio. In the Shout out to Sue Garza. What up, Sue? Yeah, like Sue Garza. Everybody I love Sue Garza. Uh, there's a few others besides Sue Garza. Pride <laughs> Joy the Tenth Ward. Uh, I know you. Uh, you're a big Stacey Davis Gates fan. Oh, Come yeah. on, admit it. Oh yeah, she's yeah. awesome. Stacey Davis Gates. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you love Henry Davis Jr. I'm just naming some of the politicians that have come through. Anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, but an overall position is, yes, it's just a game. It's a bunch of BS. Uh, Kenny G is trying <laughs> to somehow or other convince. And by the way, he hasn't really come out and endorsed Urban. It's so weird how they do it. It's so Wizard of Oz-ish. Right. You know, like Richard Urban, he's a mayor of Aurora. People in the state of Illinois knew nothing about this guy. I'm just telling you this, people. You knew nothing about him. You never heard about him before. Don't act like you did. The only people in the state of Illinois who heard about Richard Irvin until Kenny G decided to promote him were Rich Miller and Shia Kapos. That's it. Two people. And Mark Miller. I'll throw him on that list. Yeah, throw Lynn Sweet on the list, too. Okay? <laughs> in other words, political geeks. 99.9% of you never heard of Richard Irvin. And now, all of a sudden, Willie's the front runner. And Kenny G hasn't even come out and said it. This is how much control billionaires have over you people. He kind of leaked that this is the guy I want. And so everybody in the mainstream media started positioning Richard Irvin. This is the guy. This is the man that Kenny G wants. So we're going to put him at the front of the line. And nobody's even heard of it. He hasn't had a press conference yet. I don't think he's made a public statement. He's just going to issue statements. 
paid for by uh, Kenny G, I guess. Is that how he's going to run? It's kind of like Pritzker. Remember, Pritzker kind of played that game. Remember what it was? How difficult it was to get Pritzker to come into the studio? Oh my God! <laughs> so yeah, you are. We are all kind of used, ladies and gentlemen. We're bought and bought and sold by billionaires. Just, just saying, Richard Irvin. None of you ever heard of him. Don't act like you heard him. Come on, Illinois. Stop pretending. Stop pretending you knew who he was. You never heard of him. Uh, now, Irvin made his announcement on Martin Luther King Day, and yes, it drew criticism from some black leaders. The Illinois Legislative Black Caucus accused him of co-opting the day and of shallow opportunism. Wallace Gator Bradley, what a cool nickname. Gator. He's coming on the show next month. You're kidding me. Yeah, he's coming on. He's uh, he's coming on the show. Yes. Wallace Gator Bradley said he's insulted that the announcement came on a day honoring King, who supported voting rights. Republicans have not supported the Voting, right, uh, voting Rights Act, said Bradley, adding he's sticking with Pritzker. Yeah, I understand where Gator Bradley's coming from this. Uh, so Richard Irvin is a black man. And uh, uh, so obviously... The Republicans are going to try to neutralize their what? We'll get into the Confederacy and Confederate flags in a little bit. This is an issue that uh, young Dennis is going to have to address uh, later on the show. But MAGA uh, has, for better or for worse, and I'm putting this as euphemistically as I can, the reputation for being a party of white supremacy. And so every now and then the Republicans will advance the candidacy of a black person who is a Republican. And so they want as much as possible to remove themselves from the reputation of being the party of white supremacy while harvesting all the votes from people who want it to be the party of white supremacy. It's kind of a interesting little fine line that they're walking. All right. And so uh, Gator Bradley has a good point. If Richard means, uh, excuse me, Richard means, if Richard Irvin really wants to promote himself as a political descendant of Martin Luther King, then he should be urging his party to pass the voting rights bill. Because clearly that is an initiative right now in the open that is directly linked to the work that Martin Luther King and John Lewis and all the civil rights activists of the 60s and 70s, etc., sacrificed so much for. But they want it both ways, the Republicans. They want to say they're the party of Martin Luther King by reducing Martin Luther King's entire life to one line in the I have a dream speech. And they want to fight and resist absolutely every piece of legislation that is remotely connected to the work that Martin Luther King undertook during his lifetime. So, yeah, it's a cynical game that they're playing. And uh, will it work? Ah, here comes. Ah, I don't know. But they're going to try it. Oh, yeah. They're going to try it. Check out our interview with Ken Davis. It was fantastic. All right. Now to the bigger question about the guy running for governor as a Republican. Is he really a Republican? <laughs> would help if he is, I guess, right? According to a questionnaire he filled out last year, Irvin has at times aligned himself with Democratic-supported themes, including Black Lives Matter. In yesterday's announcement video, which we are about to play shortly, he pulled back from that phrase, saying, 
all lives matter. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh! Illinois Republican Party Chairman Don Tracy. Do we have him coming on next week? No. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> but his his older brother, Dick Tracy, will be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tracy Morgan will be on the week after that. Oh, Sorry. come on now. <laughs> All right. Uh, Illinois Republican Party Chairman Don Tracy vouched for Irvin's GOP cred, saying Irvin is a Republican. I urge all Republicans to adopt Ronald Reagan's famous 11th commandment and to focus their fire on Governor J.B. Pritzker. The enemy is you. J.B., come on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, By the way, Ronald Reagan himself was a Democrat for a while. Little known fact, and he was a union activist. But then, of course, he became a Republican. So, yeah, uh, Urban is not a Republican in the sense that, uh, oh, I don't know, I want to call him Dick Tracy. Don Tracy is a Republican, <laughs> you know, or Kenny G is a Republican. Uh, this is a marriage of convenience on both parts. OK, it's a marriage of convenience. Uh, Richard Urban has suddenly found himself uh, being the beneficiary of a political windfall from Kenny G, the wealthiest man in the state of Illinois. Oh, you want me to be a Republican? No problem. I will be a Republican. I think he took the Democratic ballot in three of the last elections. I, I'm doing this off the top of my head. So he's about as Republican as Dennis is. All right. Can you imagine if, if Kenny G said, I want Dr. D to be the candidate? I actually think, D, you would be let's a good that, choice. Let's make that money, baby. Let's, we'll try. Uh, we'll try. How much am I getting for this? So he's, he's no Republican. And he's, listen, if he's going to win this primary, he's going to have to figure out how to satisfy MAGA. And so Ronald Reagan was able to articulate a position that most Americans uh, could buy into. I did not buy into that position. I want to just make that clear. Uh, But uh, obviously, Ronald Reagan won in a landslide in 1984. Although if Donald Trump was the the Democratic candidate, he'd still be arguing that the campaign was stolen. I don't think MAGA can do the same thing. They're so so twisted and weird. Some of the stuff... Uh, MAGA is championing. I don't know if you saw this, uh, the story in today's, was it today sometimes or yesterday? I've lost track of time. The column uh, about how MAGA is professing that uh, JFK Jr. is going to return. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've heard about that a few years ago. That was wild, man. I watched videos on that like, whoa, that's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. Well, it's still very much alive. So if you're Richard Irvin, you're going to have to deal with that. Well, what's your position, uh, Mayor? Because uh, he's the mayor of Aurora, uh, on the assertion by about fifty percent of your party that JFK Jr., who died when his plane crashed in the Atlantic Ocean about I don't know thirteen years ago or so or whatever it was, uh, is actually alive and will be coming back on a certain date uh, to join Donald Trump in his efforts to uh, regain the presidency. Your position, please, Mister Urban. You know, watch him duck and dodge that one day. Whoop. I got to say something uh, that will convince the the Republicans and independents of DuPage County and Lake County that I'm not a complete wacko. Well, that was the and thing. At the same time, I don't want to offend MAGA. With, yes, the, with the pandemic going on and everything, like he didn't really do the whole public press conference. It was just like this video that we're going to show, and that's really it. So there really wasn't that opportunity for the press to be like, oh, hey, MAGA, right? Isn't that funny? 
the, the Republicans are using the pandemic as an excuse not to have the press conference. This is the Republican Party that says masks aren't required. Vaccines aren't required. That the, Half the party seems to think that the whole thing is a hoax concocted by the Democrats. They can't stand Fauci. But all of a sudden, I cannot have that press conference uh, because of the pandemic. Want to protect the, the reporters like any Republican. Like Republicans are caring about the health of reporters. Well, Isn't that funny, Dave? Yeah. So you're well, telling me a politician a is taking advantage of the pandemic? Yes. Insane. Party. What the? <laughs> Boy, <laughs> who does that? All right, let's do this campaign video. I'd like to hear it. Here it go. Richard Baxter Irvin was born a slave, but he dreamed of being free. Eventually, he lived that dream following it to the land of the man who made it possible. He found opportunity here as a mason, helping build his community brick by brick. Some are still here. He built the legacy I stand on today. I don't just share the name Richard Irvin. I share his dream of what Illinois could be, where a growing economy provides ladders of opportunity for anyone willing to work, where families are safe, where kids are educated, not indoctrinated, where government guarantees our right to pursue the best life we can, free of oppressive taxes and regulations. That's not the Illinois we have today. Crime is out of control. So is corruption. Negligent. Well, well, you know, one minute in, the ripping teachers and crime. Awesome. Yeah. But kids are educated, not indoctrinated. Wow. Now that's straight up MAGA. That's straight up. That gets back to Mary Miller. Congress, uh, Congresswoman Mary Miller. She's the one who gave the speech a year ago. Where she said, look, folks, don't get mad at me. She said it. Hitler was right. End of quote. That's what she said. Hitler was right because it's a battle to open up the empty minds of children and just cram whatever you got into them. So let me ask you this, Richard Irvin. Would it be educating children or indoctrinating children to tell them that J.F. Kennedy Jr. did in fact die and is not coming back to Earth soon? Are you willing to take the stand that that's education or is that indoctrination? Or are you going to say to teachers, here's what you have to position it. Some people think he died. Other people think he's still around. He's living on some island somewhere. And he'll come back in a few well months or so. We're not quite sure when he will. Hey, some people say this. Some people say that. I don't know. I don't know if that's indoctrination or education, but those are the MAGA talking points, D, and then, of course, crime in Chicago. I think that's what everybody's going to be running on. Uh, crime in Chicago, every Republican, that is. All right, so with Richard Irvin, we have the closeted Chicago conservative voters covered. Now on to the next portion of people you need when running as a Republican in Illinois. Yes, I'm talking about my beloved downstate voters. <laughs> For that, he is turning to his lieutenant gubernatorial candidate, downstate representative Avery Bourne. Uh, ben, do you know much about Avery Bourne? Very little, other than she's uh, very MAGA and very much against uh, abortion and uh, rights for women in any uh, in any form. So this is his way of tying himself uh, to the uh, anti-abortion faction of the Republican Party, which is I shouldn't even call it a faction. 
This is like trying to give himself uh, credentials on that front. Well, we're going to learn a little bit about Avery Bourne because very much how J.B. Pritzker did one of those interviews where someone's following him and they're just asking him a bunch of random questions. You know what I'm talking about? Best the- concert? Ooh. Yeah, Steve Miller Band and the Eagles. We have a video of Avery Bourne doing the same thing, all right? So... We're going to learn a little bit today, Ben. Here is the new lieutenant gubernatorial candidate for one Richard Irvin. Let's get to know Representative Avery Bourne. Oh, hi. Representative Bourne, welcome. Ready for questions? Okay. How long have you been a state rep? I've been in office since February of 2015. Where'd you go to grade school? I went to grade school at Divernon and then went to high school at Pawnee. Any pets? No. Best constituent moment? I think my best constituent moment, shortly after I was appointed, um, there's a lady who works at the Capitol but lives in the district, and she told me about her daughter, and she said, I would love for my young daughter to meet you, to see a woman in office, and so I think about that all the time, about being a role model for her. What's the coolest thing in your office? One of the All right, that's <laughs> straight up out of that Pritzker ad. They're all bashing Pritzker, but they're stealing his ads. Well, now, this was this was four years ago. Oh, well, let me do the math. 282. Well, it was in time, I guess. It was something in the air back then. Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to have some random guy come out of nowhere. And just by hearing that one, I think you need less of a person who sounds like a creep. That guy sounded like, <laughs> hey, what are you doing right now? <laughs> Stop it. Uh, anyway, I'm surprised he didn't ask her favorite uh, concert. What do you think her answer would be? There you go. Come on, D. She was born in 1991, so uh, she's from downstate. Uh, she's a conservative Republican, although that's just repetitious. Uh, so what do you think an honest answer to that question would be? Her favorite concert? I think she got crunk at that Britney Spears concert in like, I don't know, like oh, 02, oh, 03? <laughs> She would have been 11. I don't think she got crunk there. Whatever that means. Okay. <laughs> that would, she, she would have been 11. All right. By the way, Britney Spears, I'm kind of following from afar. Right on, Britney. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Let's just hear this guy one more time. Oh, hi. Representative Board. Welcome. Ready for questions? Okay. What a creep oh, that guy. Oh, God. You're right. <laughs> Representative Bourne. (laughs) All right, we have more gubernatorial candidate news, all right? Uh, Jesse Sullivan, Ben's boy, Sully. (laughs) He's the California kid. Uh, Recent campaign donations show that two big donors to his efforts, uh, Jesse Sullivan's for governor, Richard Colburn and Michael Kaiser, have donated $50,000 and $5,000, respectively, to Sullivan's campaign. Colburn gave $500,000 to the group that helped defeat the graduated income tax, uh, and he gave $10,000 to Citizens for Judicial Fairness. Kaiser gave $25,000 to the effort to stop the graduated income tax plan. Both he and Colburn donated to Rauner's 2018 bid for governor. It says here Sullivan is reporting $9.1 million in the bank. That's pretty good, according to the latest campaign filings, though the bigger news is that Sullivan has yet to name a running mate, and you can't gather signatures until you list a lieutenant governor on your petitions. So, but playbook here is that the announcement will be soon. Yeah, playbook, Shia Kapos, uh, big shout out. What will we do without Shia? By the way, D, uh, yeah, Sullivan, uh, I would say Irvin really hurt Sullivan because Sullivan was trying to position himself as... The MAGA guy who is not really MAGA, so he's trying to beam that double message out that Irvin's now beaming out. Uh, all right, here we go. So 
I got this from Frank. Shout out, Frank. Thank you. This text came this morning. And uh, I didn't tell you about this, D. Oh. Uh, yeah. Ooh, did uh. not, we did not discuss this in the pre-show planning. Ooh, what's your favorite concert? What, wait. Our pre-show planning today consisted of a discussion about Bob Saget. Oh, and Dave, and, Ch- and Dave Chappelle. <laughs> and Dave Chappelle. It was like 10 minutes of our pre-show planning, which was about a 15-minute planning session. Anyway, um, so here's a poll. Head-to-head matchups. Uh, that uh, this is from a tweet put out by uh, Mark's Mac- Mark Maxwell. All right, here we go. So some pollster, I don't even know who, a victory research poll of 1,208 likely Illinois voters from January 18th to the 20th. All right, here you go. You ready, Dave? Yeah. So um, first question, has Governor Pritzker earned another term in office? Yes. 51.7%, roughly 52%. No. 43% undecided. <laughs> huh? Who's the governor? Undecided. I love undecided. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, where do we live? <laughs> uh, Illinois. Oh, oh, you have to get back to me on that one. I don't know. What's your number? I'll call you back. So a head-to-head matchups. So so that 52% say he'd earn another term in office. So, I mean, I was not a great math scholar. I'm no Danny Biss, but 52% mm, looks like a victory for me. Uh, but here he's head-to-head matchups uh, against, okay, so let, whoa, here we go, against Gary Rabine. How about that, Eric Zorn? Gary Rabine. Pritzker, 52. Rabine, 28. Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, Pritzker versus DB. Pritzker, 55 DB, Darren Bailey, 27%. Pritzker versus Jesse Sullivan. Pritzker, 53. Jesse, 22. Pritzker versus Paul Schimp. Pritzker, 55. Schimp, 22. And then Irvin, who nobody, nobody's even heard of. Stop pretending like you heard about him, people. The only one who knew about him was Rich Miller. Oh, Irvin. Yeah, I know him. He's the guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Irvin. Of course. Irvin. (laughs) 53% to 21%. In other words, D, nobody likes any of these Republican candidates, but 47% of the population, the voting population of the state of Illinois is determined to vote against Pritzker on the grounds that, quote, Pritzker sucks, end of quote. So that's your that's your base that you're starting with. And it doesn't matter who's running on the Republican side. I'm running on the Republican side. Me, a lefty, more to the left than Pritzker would get 47% of the vote. Could you imagine Kenny G's commercials on my behalf? Ben, what's your favorite concert? Oh, God. Ben, who's your favorite bull? Favorite pizza. Thin crust, pizza in the pan. Ben, did you wake up before noon today? (laughs) Hey, man, I want you to know I got up at 10 o'clock today, all right? Got out of bed at the crack of 10. By the way, once again, $9 million for Jesse Sullivan. Like, you know, if this were, you know, a race where billionaires weren't running, that'd be pretty good, right? Yeah. And uh, Republican uh, Darren Bailey has reported $707,000 in the bank at the end of the quarter in his bid for governor. And this is all cute and everything. But yeah, Governor J.B. Pritzker literally just put $90 million into his account. (laughs) And uh, by the way. Donnie Trump comes to the state and any one of these candidates who gets Donnie's uh, endorsement, I think would be the front runner. 
That's if Donnie come to Illinois and endorsed any one of these candidates, he's the front runner. You think so? Yes, absolutely. Now the issue is, will he endorse uh, Irvin? Because Kenny G's kicking in all that money. Dar- you know. Darren Bailey sending videos to Trump right now. Come on, I need you to come down here, help a brother out. <laughs> come on. Well, it worked. You know, you got to go. You got to go to uh, Florida and meet with him. Mary Miller did that. Congressman Mary Miller went down to Florida. Hell, I'll go down to Mar-a-Lago. Come on. I need you down here, bud. (laughs) I think that's what you got to do. Hold on. Ding dong. Oh, it's Richard Irving in (laughs) Mar-a-Lago. Who are you? That's my terrible Trump invitation. (laughs) It ain't great. That sucks. All right. So $707,000 in the bank for Darren Bailey. Darren, man, you got to find out some way to raise a little more money here in this election. Uh, and, hey, more uh, election news here. This will transition into the Chicago news. Cook County Assessor Fritz Kage is running for re-election, and he is reporting nearly $1 million in the bank. And Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is also running for re-election, and her Lightfoot for Chicago political campaign is reporting a $1.2 million in the bank ahead of a 2023 campaign season after raising $231,000 in the fourth quarter. For a comparison, Rahm Emanuel <laughs> saw this. Rahm Emanuel had yeah. $6.5 million one year before his reelection. Uh, as a former chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, Emanuel also had a big network to tap. Yes. Rahm Emanuel had a big network to uh, a tap. That same network has sent him to Japan to be ambassador. Uh, and Lori Lightfoot apparently does that have that network to be tapped. By the way, uh, I, I get those cranes wrap ups every morning. Was oh, that like a sandwich or something? Is that at the restaurant yeah. you go to? Cranes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, oh, the business magazine. Sorry. Yeah, very good. Oh, he's got a million. <laughs> no, I for real I, thought you were I, talking I about. you to the publisher of Cranes? You forgot. We're oh, a train. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I for real thought you were talking about like a sandwich shop. Like, oh, a Cranes mm, wrap up. That sounds good. Got chicken in it? Just you saying that's got me hungry. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up, no pun intended, so I can get chicken sandwich. So they always say like, they, and they were, they were all over this. Whoa. You know, very... Lori raised, I forget how much, 500 grand in the last uh, quarter, and he compared it to Rom, and only, and they put emphasized only, five, you know what I mean? So I try to call, let me see what Greg Hines has been up to. Uh-oh, Matumbo rejected. Yeah, that crane's wall. The worst. <laughs> Got rejected. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you know Matumbo has a son that's playing for Georgetown? Did you know that, D? Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Brinter or something like that's his name. I think it's Ryan, but don't quote me. Oh, that was like Brent or Matumbo. I don't know why I thought that was it. So anyway, yes, uh, Lori Lightfoot is no ROM, for better or for worse. She's, it's just a whole different thing. And I, it's really weird. I'm, I, I'm not sure. Are, is uh, corporate Chicago waiting? Like, who are they waiting for? Arnie Duncan? Is that their guy? I, I I don't know. I don't know. You know, whenever I uh, talk to lefties about Arnie Duncan, they cannot stand him. And I I just think of this moment. If lefties in Chicago are confronted with a ballot, because it'll come down to two people, lefties, Lori Lightfoot versus Arnie Duncan. Wow. That's going to be a tough choice for my beloved lefties. Uh, <laughs> they got to go that way. But, uh, yeah, I keep thinking that Arnie Duncan is sort of the – the favorite of corporate Chicago, but they haven't played there. 
their hand yet on this one. So we'll yeah, see. Uh, it's still a little early. It seems like for uh, anything to go down for the mayor's race, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a lot. We have the tw- 2002, uh, 22 midterms, the gubernatorial race, and then it's a quick turnaround to the mayor's race. Yeah, yeah, I remember that last time. It w- went from right, right from uh, governors to mayors, real quick. Yeah. All right, and uh, before we move on to city news, there is one person we forgot to talk about. I can't believe it. Uh, yeah, so Richard Irvin announced that he is going to be running for governor as a Republican. I don't know if he's really a Republican, but he's you know going to get Republican money more than likely to run for governor. But there's another guy who announced that he is running for governor. We talked about it last year. I mean, it seemed like it was a legit story. Then it kind of faded off, and we're like, okay, I guess that was uh, just some publicity or something. I don't know. But he's back. Man cow. Oh, my God. Is he a man? Is he a cow? I don't know. But he's running for governor, he claims. Uh, he went on a television show to talk more about it. Looks a lot like Tom Arnold. Sounds a lot like Tom Arnold. Just saying. Uh, but let's hear this interview. I have decided I want to be the captain of the Titanic. Uh, <laughs> sign me up. Uh, yeah. As you, so you're running as a Republican. I, we we got to get basics here. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm running as, as an independent. You're going to run as an independent. I went to the Republican so Party. A, that's a whole that's a whole other story. I mean, that's a whole other show. So is, there, is you're running as an independent. Does that mean there's a primary that you got to go through? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> Republican. Great answer. It might be something you should figure out. The, no, but this, look, this guy Griffin is running is, is, a, is a Democrat. He's going he's gonna to be the front runner, probably. Well, you uh, can, it Ken, Ken Griffin, it's, it's, the, the billionaire, yeah. he's going to fund a Republican to take on Prince. Well, the guy's not a Republican. Right. But, but hold it. So you're running as independent. The point is you buy your way in, brother. You're, you you're, buy your way in. You're, you're running as independent. Yes. Is the ballot going to say, like, man cow or is it going to be Eric man cow Muller? That's a great question. Because you can't have a nickname on there. You know, uh, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would be fine with the man cow or. Uh, that guy's done a lot of research into running for governor, by the way. <laughs> Who's interviewing him? On balance oh. with Leland Vittert. Leland knew a lot more about election law than Mankow. I know a lot more about election law than Mankow. <laughs> Leland, like, knew all, like, you could put a nickname in Leland. Oh, my goodness. Well, he, yeah. I mean, he seems like he's, you know, very astute. And by the way, he this. says Kenny G is not a Republican. I'm now going to defend Kenny G, okay? <laughs> if he's not a Republican, I don't know what the hell he is. He has literally been the lifeline of the Republican Party. For the last, well, man, cow, Mr. Cow, while you were moving on the radio, (laughs) this guy, sorry, this guy was pumping millions into the Republican Party. Not just Bruce Rauner's campaign, but like Republican Central Committee. You know, so it's like, wow, he's not a Republican. That's taking it a little. You could say, okay, Irvin's not a Republican. But you, you got... Irvin mixed up with his benefactor. Kenny G is definitely a Republican. <laughs> Man, cow. And so, yeah, he's, he's going to run as an independent. I, my guess is he's not running, D. I guess this is Well, ready. you know, uh, while it is refreshing to hear, maybe answering I don't know isn't very great <laughs> when running. I don't know. Right, he's got some pipes. I got to give him credit. <laughs> I was, I'm really aware of uh, Man Cow. Then he's, the guy's thing. like, you know, you can do a nickname. He's like, oh, can you? Really? All right. Like, oh, that's oh. good. Let's, let's listen a little more here. Oh, yeah, probably Eric Man Cow Muller. Eric Man Cow Muller. We're going to be on the ballot and we'll be on under independent. Under independent. Because I'm not willing to sell my soul. You say it's the Titanic, which is it's a great way to, yeah. to describe the state you want to run. But here you go. <laughs> Illinois ranks uh, 23rd in health, 11th in education, 39th in economy, 26th in infrastructure, 
12th in opportunity, 50th, yeah. dead last in fiscal stability, crime 16th, although you have to imagine there's a lot of places that are safer than Chicago right now, natural environment uh, 43. Oh, top issues for you, and how are you going to change those rankings? <sighs> Another answer you won't like. Uh, I, I, you know, these guys, I, look, I, I spoke with all of them. I got many of them elected over the years, Leland. Uh, and they do nothing, except they're busy all the time making new laws, putting them new cameras, finding new ways to steal from us. And what I want to do is, uh, is leave people alone. I don't want to come on for two hours a day and talk during the soap opera. I want to roll back uh, gas taxes. I want to cut those in half. I want to leave people alone. And by the way, with these rankings... We rank dead last. I mean, just like random, right? What, what, right? Who did the rankings? And then we're like, they just kind of just escaped the notion, you know, according to their ranking, Illinois is not doing that bad in crime. So, wow, wow. Chicago. Oh, well, okay. Let's just, oh, oh no, just, let's just dump on Chicago a little more. So, I don't know. It's Republican Party, man. What a joke. And uh, but, yeah, he's going to leave people alone and he's going to cut the gas tax. Well, I think a lot of people will vote to get the gas tax cut. D. You know, I know. Let's get more gasoline. Cheaper. So I, I give it about three. Popular. I give it about three weeks and you'll see him on TV. I, I just got to say Pritzker sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's got some nice pipes. I get him credit. <laughs> you love his pipes. The deep voice. Wow. I'm not, I, I, I confession time. I've never listened to Mankow. Yeah. So that's my first dose of him. I know the name. I know he was a prankster back in the day. He, uh, His producer years ago reached out to me because I was so critical of the Democrats, Rom in particular. They wanted me to come on and rip, rip Democrats. You know, I'm like, yeah, well, get somebody else to do that. Right now we got Ben Javorski with us. Ben, <laughs> how are you? Yeah. Wouldn't let me get a word in edgewise. And then, all right, well, thanks for being on the show. So what are you thinking here? Is this real? I mean, is he really running for no. governor? No. No, you know, clearly right? Not. Clearly I mean, he's not. His answer was, I don't know. Yeah, he's clearly not running. He's, I mean, uh, he, 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 to be an independent, you got to get so many thousands of signatures. He's not running for governor. It's a joke. But he got, he got on this guy's show, so, you know, it kind of worked. Prove us wrong, man, Cal. Prove us wrong. Do it. All right, now let's go to city news. This is a piece from the Chicago Sun-Times and Free and the Woe Man Spielman. Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Tuesday escalated her war of words with the inspector general she inherited and pushed out the door. Lightfoot saved her sharpest words for Joe Ferguson's surprise decision to write a letter to U.S. senators considering President Joe Biden's appointment of former Mayor Rahm Emanuel as U.S. ambassador to Japan, emphatically stating there was a complete absence of factual basis to support the claim that Emanuel was involved directly or indirectly in a cover-up of the Laquan McDonald shooting video. Yeah, I, uh, this is something that uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and I see eye to eye on. Uh, and uh, I, I don't understand why Joe Ferguson wrote that letter, former Inspector General. I wrote columns about it. Uh, I uh, filed a Freedom of Information Act request with the city of Chicago to turn over whatever documents uh, the city of Chicago has to uh, support uh, Joe Ferguson's claim and what they sent back to me, D, which is this volumes and volumes of junk. When I say junk, I mean, it's just not apropos to the issue at hand. 
not that this individual items themselves are junk, but like newspaper clippings where, where that even mention uh, Rom's appointment. So it's just like volumes and volumes of stuff to put into my computer. So obviously there is no evidence to support it. I don't know why he said it. I was disappointed that he said it. There was no call for him to say it. Uh, if the inspector general's office had investigated the issue of whether Rahm Emanuel was following proper procedure and protocol in holding on to that uh, tape, I'm not aware of it. They've never reproduced a report one way or the other. Uh, Rahm Emanuel held on to that tape fighting uh, a FOIA request from a freelance journalist took it all the way uh, to uh, Cook County Judge uh, Valderrama, I think his name is, ruled against Rom, and then he released it. So Rom was uh, asserting that there was investigation going on. Uh, they never even proved that there was a, like a substantial investigation going on at all. I think the whole process in which mayors deal with issues like police shootings in the old days was a cover up. That's exactly what it was. They let it just drag on forever. Let all these bureaucracies like stall it out. And then somewhere in the middle of it, some lawyer would advise the mayor as to how much he thinks the mayor should give to the family to settle it. Because if it goes to court, we'll lose more. And that's how they dealt with it. And so there was no, never an effort to like, just like think about how Chicago police deal with people that they meet on the streets of Chicago. And this one was an extreme case, 16 shots. I mean, this was such an obvious case. Anybody saw that video could tell that there was absolutely no justification on just, you could even make it up for why Van Dyke shot Laquan McDonald 16 times. And yet it's not a cover up when Rom won't reveal that fact to the public. I mean, the whole system is set up to cover up these crimes. And I was very disappointed at Joe Ferguson uh, for dragging himself in the middle of that one. I don't know why he did it. I thought he handled himself pretty well. I'd give him an A minus uh, as uh, inspector general. And the reason it's not an A across the board is because he never ever really stood up on tiffs, but I guess there's just so much that uh, one guy could do. So I thought he did a good job when he was inspector general. I don't know why he felt compelled to uh, all of a sudden out of nowhere defend Chicago's very bizarre system of dealing with police shootings, but he did. So I agree with Lori Lightfoot that it was uh, a little strange, but D it's not like she's so innocent in this thing. The only reason she used <laughs> the Laquan McDonald uh, video matter was because she wanted to undercut his credibility, Ferguson's credibility, in the report he wrote criticizing her administration for how they handle Anjanette Young. So it's like she's saying, oh, you're going to believe him about Anjanette Young? Well, this is the guy who said there's no evidence that Rom covered up. Well, you're going to believe that? Well, let me just point out, Mayor Lori Lightfoot endorsed Rom's nomination as ambassador to Japan. So she felt that there was some evidence left over. If she felt that Rom did not behave accordingly, that he actually buried evidence of, of murder, then there's no way she should have supported him. So D, we're going right back to it. It's the games politicians played. We talked about it with Richard Irvin. We're all of a sudden, well, I can't have a press conference because I don't want, yeah. I don't want to endanger the press, uh, but I don't believe that uh, COVID is real. And I don't think you have to, should have to wear masks or get shots. Uh, am I uh, 
covering myself on enough bases there. It's like those. those similar it's thing. like those moments when Trump was president. Like, put the phone down, dude. <laughs> well, it's uh, you know, it's uh, effective in some ways because it deflects. You know, there's only so much the public can take. So who's who can remember the Anjanette Young case? You can barely remember the Laquan McDonald case. So she just deflects. Yeah. And uh, the papers report it. He said this. She said that. The public's like, I don't know. It's so confusing. I'm all mixed up. I'll move on. Uh, anything else you'd like to say uh, before we put a button on this story? I think we should put a button on it. There it was. Put a button on it. All right. Uh, and I'd say this was the biggest story of the week. Uh, the mm-hmm. following comes from WBEZ Chicago, two yeah. of Chicago's best known media brands, one of which we used to be on, are tying the knot as WBEZ's board of directors voted unanimously Tuesday to acquire the Chicago Sun-Times. The deal is expected to close January 31st. Chicago Public Media and the Chicago Sun-Times said that in a joint statement. The acquisition would create a new journalistic powerhouse, pairing the city's award-winning top-rated morning news station with the gritty tabloid made famous by its corruption-busting investigations, Roger Ebert's movies reviews, and... Uh, Irv Cup and uh, you know who this Irv guy. Cups and a cup, man. <laughs> cup. Oh, that's Wait, Cup. I've no, never no, even no, heard cup. you say his whole last name. Cups in it. That guy's gossip column. And who are you reading? Is this a uh, feeder? This is from WBEZ and Dave oh, McKinney. Who? Oh, McKinney wrote that. Mm-hmm. McKinney was McKinney was the one who went back in the time capsule to bring back Cup. I love Cup. I'm a huge fan of Cup. Go ahead. The dude. closely watched deal is being held up as a possible template for other impoverished news organizations whose newsrooms have been gutted by declining advertising revenues, audiences migrating to social media for their news, and disinterest media owners unwilling to invest. According to the two organizations, the Sun-Times would join WBEZ as a not-for-profit subsidiary of Chicago Public Media. We had a great conversation about, uh, with Ken Davis about all this. Uh, times are changing. Yes, they are. And I urge everybody to check out what Kenny D had to say about Ken Davis. He's been around Chicago media a long time, and uh, he, he always denies this, but I say it anyway. He pretty much invented uh, the um, <laughs> WBEZ as the news operation it is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he was the man. Brought Richard Steele over to uh, BEZ, which gave him a huge uh, shot of uh, – credibility so uh young ken davis knows quite a bit about wbz and the news business uh and uh look it's um the model uh for newspapers is the one that the reader's following in many newspapers is uh to turn to your public for public support and that's the model that bez has been following and npr has been following for years that's what kenny d used to do with his those those pledge drives uh, and uh, so, yeah, that's that's the future, D, because uh, we've given all the advertising over to Google and uh, Facebook. So they own the world. <laughs> and there's, so, you know, there's my beloved reader was just slammed uh, by the Internet. We lost so much revenue, ad revenue to the, uh, the Internet over the years. So this is the model we're following. And uh, I wish them nothing but the best. I noted in the paper. I, I think I mentioned this to you that uh, the Sun Times uh, will be m- probably leaving their old uh, headquarters where we had our lovely little studio. Love that studio, and uh, I don't know. Maybe we can cut a deal with the landlord to go back to that little studio. We just want that one little room. That's all we want. 
Yeah, we, we promise not to even use the bathrooms, okay? We won't use well, the I don't know about that, but we want that one little room. It was a great little room and uh, out by the bath, uh, <laughs> the bathrooms. So, yeah, uh, best wishes to the Sun Times and be easy. Can and you, I urge everybody to check out what Kenny D had to say. Can you imagine what that would be like uh, if we were still at the Sun Times and then this whole thing happened and we just see a bunch of WBEZ people coming there or something? Wouldn't that be oh, fun? my God. They kick us out of there. The BZ crowd would kick us out. <laughs> uh, we need this. Can you leave right now? We could have had something good, guys. Just saying. <laughs> Should have kept us around. Well, this is, I'm sure this is great news for you. Uh, I think your resume will go from the very, very bottom of a pile of resumes to, I don't know, the middle? Oh, no. Think? Yeah, right. Went from the pile to the dumpster. All right, now listen. Was that your last news item? Because I got one for you. And no ducking and dodging. You've been trying to avoid this one for a while. You ready? Yeah, okay. Sure. All right. So, yeah, there he's, I'm going to put Dennis in the hot seat. Watch. You're going to listen. Watch watch how he ducks and dodges this one. Hold on. Call it up. Uh, here we go. So, Shia Kapos, uh, who we talk about all the time. She's the author of the Political Illinois Playbook. And without Shia, <laughs> we, <laughs> we steal from her all the time. God bless okay. you, Shia. You're being Kapos. a little too honest on the program today with the. All right, let's edit that out. Uh, we, we, we turn to her many times. There you go. She does a great job of following uh, politics throughout the state of Illinois. i got to give her a lot of credit. All right. Anyway, so she wrote, I'm going to read. She, I noticed this yesterday when she wrote it, and I meant to talk to you about it, but I forgot. And so she dropped this bit yesterday, and then she had the follow-up today. I'll read the follow-up. And so here, quote, this is from Shia. Yesterday's playbook hit a nerve when we said, quote, it's not uncommon, end of quote, to see a Confederate flag downstate. Noting the presence of that flag is often a shorthand for indicating that an area leans fairly conservative, and maybe that's become too cliche. Well, WCIA's Mark Maxwell took offense, tweeting the observation was, quote, some BS, and that he'd never seen one in a front yard. The response on Twitter ran the gamut. Some people may have read your playbook host as an elitist Chicago reporter, seeing only rednecks downstate. In fact, your host feels at home in central and southern Illinois, having grown up on a farm and driving a tractor long before getting a driver's license. Others questioned how Mark had managed to miss the sprinkling of Confederate flags throughout the region. There are good people everywhere, but here's the thing. Ask a black campaign worker or a candidate what it's like to drive through small towns and see Confederate flags, a full-size one or a bumper sticker, even if they're just not uncommon. End of quote. All right, Dennis. No ducking, no dodging, no avoiding, no avoiding. You, too, are a downstater. You, too, grew up in downstate Illinois. You, too, drove a tractor. Yes, you've been on a tractor. Yeah. You, oh, were, yeah. you were driving a tractor long before you drove a car. You, too, have wake up every morning with an axe and you cut wood and you tend to the chickens. You are a man I've, of the downstate. You, you, I think you implied that I cut chickens' heads off with an axe. I've never done that. Ever. Nor do I want to. I'm not even sure about the axe part. People have said you're a young Abe Lincoln. So, having said all that, Mr. Downstater, who is correct? Mark Maxwell or Shia Kapos and the assertion that there are Confederate flags to be seen on lawns downstate. Take it away, Dr. D. Well, I got to say, I am a fan of Mark Maxwell. I'm going to start it with that. I like Mark Maxwell a lot. I think he does a great job. But Mark Maxwell, my friend, 
you are wrong. There are, yeah, yeah. I, I made sure to check with my girlfriend before uh, we went on the air to make sure, like, we have seen Confederate flags when we go downstate, right? She's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So that statement she made there, exactly true. And, yeah. and I did a little deep dive on Mark Maxwell. Mark, love you. Works great. Mark Maxwell from Chicago, Illinois. So, Is that right? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, so he's lived I in Chicago. So that. now he's kind of, I don't know, he's kind of got a, I don't know, a, a different vision of downstate, I guess, because he's lived in Springfield and from Chicago. So I don't know. But yeah. Like he either see the Confederate flags or you don't see the Confederate <laughs> flags. All right. I mean, it's either that or it's one or the other. So it's like... You know, like everybody's playing like, so Shia, I got to give her credit. She's like, well, if you were black, you would see the Confederate flags. That's a sub- subterranean message she's sending to Mark Maxwell. But because you're not black, you don't see, you see them, but you don't absorb them. And uh, so I can't, I don't, I can't really make it uh, get in the middle of this one day because I haven't been downstate since... Whoa, what's going on? Uh, since uh, 2000, I don't know, a long time. Yeah, I think you know, it's you don't see it a lot, but it's weird. Like when you see it, it adds up like you've seen it like three times, you know what I mean? Because it's just so like, whoa, what the hell? So, you well, know, let me just say there was a group that wanted to play at the Illinois State Fair that has a Confederate flag. On stage. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't want to get in trouble with anybody downstate. And when Pritzker said they couldn't play there, remember how much he, yeah. he took? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From downstate. That's part of the reason I think some people don't like him. How I don't even remember the name of the group. Confederate the Railroad. Group? Confederate. Oh, <laughs> it's only in the name. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Just saying. If you're ashamed of flying a Confederate flag, MAGA, maybe, and far be it for me to give MAGA advice, you shouldn't fly the flag. Now, we talked about this when the first MAGA eruption against uh, mask mandates uh, and closing business. Remember that? Mm-hmm. The, and it was in Lansing, Michigan. They had the protests. Guy showed up with the Confederate flag. And I remember you going, where are they bringing a Confederate flag? I don't know, guys. Just saying. So I kind of I'm with she on this one. Yeah, yeah, she's no, absolutely right. Yeah, she is, she is, because you see him, Mark Maxwell, go a little more around the downstate. You know what I mean? Because he says he's from uh, Chicago, so I think you know he's maybe just been right. to those two places. So uh, we threw this out as a challenge uh, to our listeners. We said, how far do you have to leave the city of Chicago before you see a Pritzker suck sign? And then uh, Linda Paul immediately came in with evidence that you only have to leave the city. She found a Pritzker suck sign on Montrose near Alston or wherever. So here's my challenge. How far do you have to leave the city of Chicago before you see a Confederate flag? Oh. Mm-hmm. oh what direction are we going? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I think you could probably see some in some neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, and Michael Girardi, you're my guy. Send me uh, <laughs> if you see one out there, all right? No, I'm actually going uh, downstate next week. So if I see uh, if I see some Confederate flags, I'll take a picture and send it to you. Yes, please do. 
and I know you see plenty of Pritzker suck signs, uh, along with, am I allowed to say it? Uh, this, this, this is not going uh, on any other station, so I could say it. I'm just quoting the signs. Fuck Biden. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are big. Those are big. Yeah, those but, are now, big. but now they're being replaced with let's go Brandon. Are still? I yeah. think fuck Biden is going to come back in popular. The let's go Brandon thing, I, th- I think, is going to run its course. Here's a bet. I think within six months, you'll see more fuck Bidens than let's go Brandon. What do you think about that? Uh, the, the power is strong with let's go Brandon. I think it's <laughs> okay. going to be. All right. Well, that's a debate that uh, will uh, continue. Have, in the have you seen Have you seen when the when the reporters bring it up to Biden? Like, no, it's like someone said it like in a meeting or like he was at a press conference and someone was like, let's go Brandon. He's like, yes. Let's go, Brandon. Now, listen, I'm trying to get the bill done. Like he's, he's done no, there was a guy. Oh, God. Uh, I, I, this, I don't know if we ever talked about it. Uh, there was Biden was doing a phone conversation with uh, some random voter. I forget what it was. One of those PR stunts. Uh, and it was a MAGA guy. And the MAGA guy closed by saying to Biden. Yeah. One on one. Let's go, Brandon. And so then then this is the thing. OK, you said it. You did it. All right. You're proud of yourself. Then people started giving him grief. The let's go Brandon guy, you know, all the Biden supporters started. Giving, so they started crying. See, this is my problem with MAGA. Either badass or you're not badass. You can't do a badass move by saying, let's go Brandon to Biden and then act like all hurt when people are mad by it. I'm sorry, D. I just got to say that. You know what I mean? It's like you're flying a big Confederate flag in your front yard and then people give you a hard time about it. You go, cancel culture so mean it's a confederate flag (laughs) yeah (laughs) guys the confederate flag represents the civil war the fight against the union because you wanted to uphold slavery can't really avoid that that's what the confederate flag represents so yes if you're flying the confederate flag you gotta <laughs> just say you might want to look in the mirror a little bit or just say you know hey you gotta say something about me say something about me anyway she i think she capos is right on this one too well uh you think she capos is right about that i think mark maxwell is wrong about that joe biden what do you think about that play the radio huh? make sure the television the, excuse me make sure you have the record player on at night the, the, the phone make sure the kids hear words yeah, very important kids here. Words. All right, I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of all in Illinois for not only his observations about the Confederate flag, but putting this show together. We couldn't do this show without the man, the myth, the legend. Yes. And as Shia Kapos and Marx Maxwell will tell you, about the only thing they agree on is down home in Alton. <laughs> they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for the marvelous. Keep yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.